Matthew chapter 16. We're going to continue where we've been for the last several Wednesdays. <clears throat> you know, and I've warned you, I've given y'all plenty of warning. Our Wednesday nights, we can go on a subject week after week after week. We can break it down. We can open it up. We can divide it. Amen. And, um, and I'm just kind of excited, really, about where God's taken us uh, in this series. You know, we, I really wanted to end the year, but it just uh, seemed right to begin the year, continue in the year, uh, discussing being led by the Spirit of God. Do you know that God wants you to be led? Did you know that? Are you there tonight? <laughs> Y'all can talk about it. That's all right. God wants us to be led. God doesn't want us wandering through life, not knowing, not knowing this, not knowing that, not, not you know, just in utter confusion. You know, the author of confusion is the devil. He's the author of confusion. And it's obvious when we look at the world, we look at how they wander around in darkness, groping around in darkness. You know, I've been in darkness. I remember one time when I was a kid, I was probably, uh, we were in D.C., so I must have been about six or seven. And um, there's one time I woke up in the middle of the night, and I don't know if, you know, I just was that out of it in my sleep. I mean, I figured I would have known my bedroom pretty well to be able to know how to get out but there was one night I went, we had to go to the bathroom and um uh could not find the door man I just felt like I was going in circles grabbing around started crying couldn't find the door uh peed my pants <laughs> I did man I couldn't get out I had to go to the bathroom that's why I was trying to get out of there <laughs> and finally finally I don't know what happened I don't know if I just eventually found it or if you know one of my parents came and I don't remember I, I really don't remember after that it was so tragic I've lost the memory but I know what it is to wander around in darkness not be able to see anything not know what you're reaching for not know if you're about to you, you know how it is if you I, you could send me from here to that door nothing in the way clear room if the lights are off you know what you're doing Barely taking a step, right? Where the light's on, boom. No matter what's in my way, I can get through it. See, we're people, we're in the light. We're in the light. No matter what gets in our way, we don't care. Because I can get around it. I can dodge it. I can break through it. I can go over it. There's nothing that can stop us. But in darkness, you don't get anywhere. Little baby steps in the wrong direction. I mean, Jesus even said, what good if a blind man is leading the blind? They'll both fall into the same ditch. And so the enemy is the author of confusion, but God has given us his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in life. Plain and simple. And if anybody in this earth should be confident in knowing that I may not know all the answers today, I may not see the whole path in front of me, but I know the next step because the word says that he leads us by steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. 
I don't have to see the whole path. I just need the next step. And God will give you the next step. God will lead you. You know, everyone wants to be in God's will. And it's not a guessing game. It's not, you know, pick and choose. It's not hope I get it right. It's not, well, at least I'm, you know, at least I love God, even though I may make the wrong choice. No, God wants us to take the right step every time, and he has ensured that we can know that step every single time by giving us his Holy Spirit. But the dilemma, the problem arises that we've been discussing through this entire series. Most of us have never trained ourselves to hear his voice and follow and obey his voice. That's the problem. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He's been given to us. Jesus prayed the Father. We've been looking at these verses. I've got to go to the Father. But it's greater. It's a greater advantage that I go to the Father because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. If, if the Holy Spirit is a greater advantage than Jesus being here physically himself, then why aren't we using it? Why aren't we applying it? Why have we not trained ourselves to hear his voice and obey? And so that's kind of what we've been discussing, learning to be led by the Spirit. Well, learning to be led by the Spirit means you have to unlearn being led by everything else around you. Because the problem is, and I was kind of just going through some of my notes in, in these categories. I have a way in my computer that I can categorize my sermons based upon subjects. And I did a, a message last year called uh, Two Voices, One Truth. And we live in a world where there are multiple voices in our lives, and we have to discover which one is the truth because there's only one truth. We've got to discover which one is speaking in line with truth, which one is giving us the truth, and which one's giving us the lie. Because if it's not truth, it's a lie. Very simple. And so we have to unlearn the other voices, unlearn being led by our senses, unlearn being directed and guided and only acting on what our senses tell us, what the world tells us, what our, what our friends tell us, what our past tells us, what our experiences tell us. We've got to get outside of that and learn to be led by his spirit. So tonight I want to talk to you about shutting out the voices. Shutting out the voices. In training yourself to be led by the spirit of God, you have to train yourself to shut out voices that are not in alignment with God's word, in alignment with his spirit. So look here in Matthew chapter 16. And I believe this is a prime example of where we're going tonight. It says in verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So the disciples immediately begin to give a response of this is what the world says. And we're talking about Jesus' identity here. This is important. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted on every account just as you and I were. Anybody in this room ever had an issue with identity? Spiritually or physically. Physically, maybe you didn't know who you were. And sometimes spiritually, I just don't see 
how the Bible can say this about me when I know this about me. Somewhere along the lines, we've all had a question of identity. Well, I can promise you Jesus did. But he's not asking his disciples because he's insecure. He's asking his disciples to get a point across. And so he's asking his disciples here, who are people saying that I am? Because you know people talk. You know people, everyone's got an opinion. And apparently they do. They, there's, these are just three examples right here. John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the prophets. None of those line up with who Jesus is. But let's keep going. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? See, Jesus identified that. Okay, that's what the world says. That's what another voice says. But who do you say that I am? Just because that's what they say doesn't mean that that's what you say. Who do you say that I am? And look at verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Ding, ding, ding. Very good, Peter. You're awesome. Come on down. Get your prize. Let's see what's behind door number one. Peter answers the question correctly. That's who you are. But look at Jesus' response in verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Okay, so Peter spoke. Peter, the, the words came out of Peter's mouth. And Jesus asked the question, who do you say? He was asking them personally, who do you say? James, who do you say? John, who do you say? Nathaniel, who do you say? Judas, who do you? Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter is bold enough to answer. But then Jesus says, but you haven't realized that on your own. Nobody told you that answer. Flesh and blood, says John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the other prophets. But my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And so this shows us something. First of all, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks by revelation. The Holy Spirit reveals things to you. It's not you just realizing, oh, that's where I'm supposed to go to school. Oh, that's where I'm supposed to put my kids. Oh, that's the job I'm supposed to do. No, it's not realization. It's revelation. And Jesus recognized the revelation. He recognized it as being from the Father, not from man. He didn't say, Peter, very good. You got it right. No, he said, you're speaking what my Father told you to say, what my Father revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Revelation. Revelation. When the Spirit speaks to you, it's called revelation. And this is where we get the term revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge. What does that mean? Not knowledge that you learned or studied. Knowledge that was revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Peter didn't study up on Ooh, I'm going to go in the Old Testament and see what the Old Testament really, because there's plenty of prophets that spoke about Jesus. 
I mean, he's spoken of way back in Genesis chapter 3 and all the way on through because God said, I'm going to raise up someone. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Jesus was already introduced way back there. But Peter didn't study about Jesus. It was revelation knowledge, not information. wasn't information, revelation. So you may hear that term, so I just thought I'd go ahead and get you associated with it. Revelation knowledge. The Holy Spirit, when he reveals something to you, when he speaks to you, it's by revelation knowledge. I'm revealing something to you. Now, why was Jesus able to recognize this so quickly? Why was he able to identify that that's not Peter? Because that was Peter's voice. And that was Peter the man. And Peter was the one that comprehended, okay, it's here. I'm going to, I think that's the right answer, so I'm going to speak it out. Peter the man, I mean, Peter wasn't replaced by somebody. It wasn't the booming voice from the cloud that said, this is my son, my only begotten son, and whom I'm well pleased, because that happened to Jesus a couple times. This was Peter. But Jesus quickly identifies, although it's your voice, there's somebody speaking through you. This was revealed to you by somebody else. And so he was quick to recognize that. Hold your finger in Matthew chapter 16 because we're going to come back. But turn over to John chapter 10. And Jesus tells us the secret. Y'all like secrets? Nobody likes secrets that are kept from you. But how many likes being told a secret? How many of you like being, yeah, let me in on that thing. I want to know. Yeah, see, some of us have been bitten by the secret. Because sometimes what you know will kill you, right? I could tell you but then I'll have to kill you. Okay, then just keep it to yourself, man. I don't need to know. A lot of y'all know Will. I tell Will that all the time. Hey, what really happened over there? Because he was in the military. What really happened? He said, man, I could tell you, but I have to kill you. All right, man, that's all right. You can keep it to yourself. Make something up. That's all right. John chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, The same as a thief and a robber. A thief and a robber. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his what? Hear his what? Voice. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and what? Leads them out. God is going to lead you by his voice. I want a, I want a manifestation. I want an angel. I want a, a shining light. I, I want a vision. I want a dream. No, he's going to lead you by his voice. That's how God's going to lead you. That's how the Father's going to make his will known to you and let you know which way to go. By his voice. That seems Very simple. That seems very simple. Yeah, just tell me what to do. Okay, I I don't need an angel. I I, I don't need, you know, somebody to come up to me and say, thus saith the Lord, or some prophet, you know, that's traveling in, uh, you know, at some church, and I go see him, and he says, you're going to go and do ministry in Africa. Okay, I don't need all that. Just give me your voice. 
But the problem in giving attention to God's voice isn't that he's not talking. It's that we're maybe not hearing. Maybe we're not listening. Or maybe we're listening to another voice. Maybe we're giving attention to another voice. Watch this. Keep going. Verse. Let's go back to verse 3. Read it again. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. So he's using that voice, and he leads them out. So the leading comes by the voice. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. Aren't you glad that God goes before you? He's ahead of you. He's already walked this thing out before you. He knows where he's going, and he knows where he's leading. And the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. They can distinguish his voice. They can recognize his voice. His voice is familiar. His voice is known. Look at verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. They do not know the voice of a stranger. So, in this passage, in the last five verses that we just read, we have seen two voices identified. And we've seen that you can't follow them both. So you've got to pick one. And the one that you become the most familiar with is the one you're going to follow. The one that you hear the most is the one that you will recognize the quickest. The one that I give the most attention to is the one that I'm going to end up obeying, the one I'm going to end up following, the one that I'm going to end up going behind, that's going in front of me, that's leading me out, and I'm going to follow that thing out. And the strangers I do not know. I haven't taken time to get to know it. I don't recognize it. It's not familiar to me. Now, here's the thing. Every time you hear a voice, and it's telling you what to do from the time you were one and you didn't even know it and on for the rest of your life. Every time you hear a voice, you ask yourself two questions. If a voice is telling you to do something, you, without even knowing it, you ask yourself two questions. One, who is speaking? You want to identify who is telling you what to do, who's directing you, who's guiding you, because the who is important, is almost more important than the what that it's telling you to do. The who. I want to know who's telling me to do that. Who? Who's telling me to do that? Now, sometimes... You might get someone that tells you to do something 
from what someone else says. You might get a coworker that says, hey, uh, boss so-and-so, they said we needed to do this. And so you ask yourself, who? Because if you're telling me, then question number two arises. What authority do they have to tell me what to do? Number one, who is telling me what to do? Number two, do they have the authority to tell me what to do? See, you ask those, you ask those questions every time, and you don't even realize it. You ask those questions every single time a voice shows up that is leading you or guiding you, giving you a command, giving you a direct, giving you a, a, a direction or a way to go. You ask yourself two questions. Who's speaking? And do they have the authority to tell me? Do they have the authority to give me that direction? Those are the two questions that show up every time. Every time a voice speaks. And so when those questions arise, sometimes we answer the question with who? And do they have the authority? Yes, they do. And then it's up to you to decide, do I do it or do I not? Because I know there were times when I was a kid, the who was the teacher. And the answer to do they have the authority was yes. And I still decided no. Still decided no, not going to do it. That's on you. But regardless, those two questions are being asked every time you hear a voice. Now, the thing is, sometimes we are saying no to the one who has the authority, and we're saying yes to the one who has no authority. And that's the problem. That's where the issue lies. That's where being led by the Spirit, we've got to learn to identify the Spirit's voice how to be led by the Spirit, how to recognize, how to become familiar, how to give attention to it. And by the way, that's what we discussed last week. The first three of the four principles that I gave you for the new year on how to have a great year this year, three of them had to do with being in this. Because if you're not in this, you won't recognize the voice. If you're not in the Word, you won't recognize it because the only thing the Holy, the Holy Spirit's going to say is going to be in line with this, period. So we got to be in the Word. That's how we get familiar. That's how we learn to recognize. That's how we learn to get to know the voice. And because you know the voice, you will follow the leading and the guiding. But when the Spirit speaks, every time you ask yourself, who's speaking? And do they have the authority? See, sometimes we ask, who's speaking? And the answer is sickness. And then we ask, do you have the authority? And the answer is no. And we still say yes. Sometimes it's poverty and lack. Sometimes it's confusion. Sometimes it's anxiety. And we ask, who's speaking? Anxiety. Do you have the authority to be telling me what to do? No? Okay, you can anyways. And we say yes to what anxiety has to offer. 
We say yes to what sickness has to say instead of saying, you have no authority to be talking to me. I don't know your voice, and so I don't follow your voice. Because my father's voice, I know his voice. And he says, by his stripes, I am healed. And he's talking to me, and he has the authority to tell me what to do. And so I follow his leading. I follow his guiding in my life. Amen. So we see that there's two voices. There's the voice of the shepherd. There's the voice of the stranger. Now let's go back to Matthew chapter 16, where we were. And you're going to see that the, the tables are going to quickly turn here. Peter's up on his pedestal, man. He's got his shoulders back. He's looking at the other 11. That's right. That's right. I got it. I got the revelation knowledge. What, what? Yeah, he's feeling real good about himself right now. And so we skip on down to verse 21. Jesus is starting to talk about his death and what's about to come. Verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside. The same Peter, the same Peter that had revelation knowledge by the Holy Spirit, not by flesh and blood. You didn't study this thing. You didn't figure it out on your own. Nobody told you this, but my Father in heaven, by his Spirit, spoke to you and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The same Peter, same guy, takes him aside and begins to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Same guy. Verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you you are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Now, let me just point out something here real quick. Because Jesus isn't calling Peter Satan. Like as in the devil. Because the Satan, or the word Satan, is not really a name. It's a word for what you would call somebody. It's not the devil's first name. His name isn't Satan. His name's actually Lucifer, if you want to put a title on him, if you want to give him a name. But Satan is more of a description of who he is and what he does. And the word Satan in the Hebrew is defined adversary. That's what Satan means, adversary. Somebody that is opposed. And so he's saying, get behind me, adversary. You are opposed to me. That's why he said, you are an offense to me. He's not saying, Peter, I am offended at you. He's not saying that. He's saying, you are an offense. You're a stumbling block. You're in the way. You're trying to trip me up. I'm on the way somewhere, and somebody's leading me, and somebody's guiding me. So I want to focus on Jesus for a minute. I want to focus on Jesus, not Peter, because Peter is just a guy. 
And this is the thing we've got to learn. This is the thing that us church people got to learn. Because a lot of times we qualify what someone says based upon who they are. Yeah, yeah, we do it. We do it. Oh, I know that guy. I've been watching him for 25 years. He's filled with the Spirit. And so whatever he says, we automatically take it like it's the Word itself. Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus just got Spirit-filled revelation from this man. And here we are three verses later, and he's saying something so off that it is an offense to Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus didn't commend Peter the first time. Jesus said, my father in heaven has revealed that to you. So Jesus is recognizing more the voice of his father than he is the voice of Peter. And so just as quickly as he identifies that that was the voice of his father saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now he's identifying that is not the voice of the father. And you're an offense to me. Because Jesus could have easily gotten, you know, on the high horse with Peter and say, man, what you spoke back there was so awesome. You're right. I don't need to go to the cross. You're right. I, I'll just hang out with you. You're right. We can get another plan of redemption. You following? You, you seeing how quickly that turns? But Jesus didn't place value on the man. He placed value on the voice. He placed value on what was spoken, what was said. And so that quickly he identifies that's not the voice of my father. Why? Because Jesus trained himself day and night to know the voice of his father. So when he hears the voice of his father, he recognizes it and he follows it. When he recognizes that it's not the voice of the father, he does what? Shuts out the voices. Do you see how quickly he shut that thing down? He didn't pull Peter over to a corner and said, you know, really, Peter, tell me more. Tell me where you're getting that. I want to hear more about this. He doesn't even entertain the conversation. He says, get behind me, adversary. Get behind me, stumbling block. You're an offense to me because you're trying to stop me. You're trying to make me stumble on the path that my father is leading me and guiding me by his voice because the shepherd is known by his voice. I know my father by his voice. And when something contrary shows up, I don't follow it because I don't, I don't know this voice. You're a stranger to me. You're a stranger. I, I don't even recognize this right now. Who is this that's talking to me? And he shuts it out. Because the voice of a stranger, he will not follow. Because you don't follow what you don't know. You follow what you recognize. We're trained this way from babies. We train our, our animals, our pets this way to get to know our voice. You could be in the middle of the mall, not know where your son or your daughter is, and they say, Mom! They say, Dad, they don't have to call you by your, your full name. 
Mark Thomas Brady Jr., stop right. No, if Camden says, Dad, I know it's him because I recognize the voice. And he knows my voice. A hundred people standing around him could say Camden. But I say it, and it's different. Because the voice of a stranger, he will not follow. Because the voice of the stranger, he does not recognize. It's unfamiliar. I don't recognize that voice. You're telling me to come here, but I don't know you. I don't follow you because I don't know where this talk is coming from. But if I say, Camden, get over here, he's right there because he knows my voice. It's familiar. He recognizes it. And the voice that he has come to know the most is the one that he's going to follow. So some of us are wandering around. Because we're following voices that have us wandering around. Some of us are confused because we're trying to follow 15 different voices. We're trying to follow the voice of our mom. We're trying to follow the voice of our parents. We're trying to follow the voice of God. We're trying to follow the voice of our pastor. And we're trying to follow the voice of that, that guy on TV. And we're trying to vo- follow the voice of that book that we just read. And we're trying to follow all these different voices. And the Holy Spirit's the only one that's qualified to lead you and to guide you into all truth. John chapter 16 doesn't say that, you know, whoever I give my anointing to is qualified to lead you and guide you in all truth. Only the Holy Spirit. He's the only one in the entire book that is qualified to lead you and guide you into all truth. That means potentially other voices could lead you into all lies. The Holy Spirit's leading you and guiding you into truth. Then other voices that we give ourselves to could be leading and guiding us into not truth. Into a lie. A life that is fake. A life that's not real. Because we're following too many voices. We're following the wrong voices. And so we've got to do what Jesus did. Shut out the voices. Get rid of the voices. Get rid of the voices that are, get rid of all the chatter. Get rid of all the talk and learn to hear his voice clearly. Recognize it. Get familiar. You know whose responsibility it is to get familiar? The one hearing. The one hearing. He's the one with the responsibility to know the voice that he's listening to. It's not, the, vo- it's not the, the, the responsibility of the one talking to get familiar, to get you familiar with his voice. It's not his responsibility. It's our responsibility. I, said, I, don't, I don't even know when the Holy Spirit's speaking because you don't recognize it because you haven't trained yourself to become familiar with his voice. So when the Internet talks, you follow that because you've, you've come to know the voice of a stranger. When the TV talks, when Facebook talks, when your parents talk, when your friends talk, when all the other stuff that we give ourselves to, when that stuff talks, we're following that because we've become more familiar with that. We've become more familiar with what the bank says. 
We've become more familiar with what the doctor said. We've become more familiar than with what the Holy Spirit says. The church can't go on like this. The church is not going to be the church it's called to be if it can't recognize and follow and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to learn to shut out voices. We can't be the ones that give ourselves so much to other things that we can't even hear the voice of God when he speaks. I mean, I've told you throughout this whole series, the voice, the Holy Spirit, he'll save your business, he'll save your family, he'll save your marriage, he'll save your kids, he'll save your career, he'll save your finances, he'll save your house, he'll save your, 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 your plan for your life. He'll save it all if we would just listen to him. He knows what to do. He's already been in the future. He's already seen it all, and now he can lead you and guide you. He's qualified to do that. You know, if the Holy Spirit isn't leading and guiding you, he's a failure. You realize that. If Jesus said that's what he's going to do, and he doesn't do that in your life, he's a failure, and he should never be listened to again. If he fails you one time, he could possibly fail you every time. Yep, he's better than your parents. He's better than our teachers. He's better than our pastors. He's better than, he's better than anything you could listen to or give, give your ear to or give attention to. Because he gets it right every single time. Every single time. Look at John chapter 16. Why could Jesus have so much assurance, so much confidence, that hearing the voice of the Spirit would allow him to be in the perfect will of God. I mean, if that's probably the number one thing people are seeking. It's probably the number one thing that believers are seeking. I want to be in God's will. I want to do what God tells me to do, when he tells me to do it, with who he tells me to do it, where he tells me to do it, why he tells me to do it, how he tells me to do it. We want to answer the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and we want it all line up with, that's what God said. John chapter 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, I am so thankful he's the spirit of truth. When he has come, he will guide you into all truth. Why? Because he's not going to speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Now, here's the interesting thing. He will not speak on his own authority. Anybody you go to, has the potential to speak on their own authority. There's people in this room today, there's people next door that have relocated to another location to follow the plan of God for their life. 
relocated, moved to another location, left behind family, left behind friends, left behind everything they knew to be where God has called them to be. And I can promise you, I don't know firsthand, because I know, I know this family right here. And I know that half of the family for sure is saying, you know where you need to be. The other half, they might try to pull the family card. My family did. Not my, not my family, my other half family. My, I left my family years ago. That was easy. But I know next door, same situation. Because people spoke on their own authority. Are you sure you're supposed to be in there? Are you sure? Oh, you're speaking on your own authority. But because I have trained myself to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. Number one key to being in the will of God Get to know his voice. Get to know his voice. Why? Why is, that so, why is it so important to know God's voice to be in God's will? What's the connection? Because you will find other voices that will be contrary, and if you follow the other voice, you'll be out of God's You'll never find that the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the stranger are both heading to the same direction. You're never going to follow the voice of the stranger and the Holy Spirit be there and be like, oh, hey, man, I'm just glad you got here. I'm glad, we, I'm glad the stranger took you. We were both thinking alike. It's not going to happen. You're going to end up in opposite ends, outside of God's will. So, the Holy Spirit is the only one that we can go to every time that we know will never speak on his own authority. He's never going to say what he thinks. Why? But whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you, He'll tell you what? He'll tell you what? You mean he'll show you the step before you have to take it? Things to come. And we think, you mean he'll show me my life and where I'm going to end up? And he, No. Things to come means, what are we doing when we get out of church? That's a thing to come. See, we want the whole, what do we do when, when I graduate? What am I doing when... I get out of this job. What, do we, what am I doing when I get this promotion? What am I doing when the kids are 18 and out of the house? Well, those are the questions that we think God's answering. And, and the Holy Spirit's saying, I'm telling you where to go when you get out of here. Things to come. That's his job description, guys. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what he is called to do. He wants to show you the next step. 
to show you things to come. That says right there, but whatever he hears, he will speak. See, the Holy Spirit's doing exactly what we're to do. Hear and then do. Hear and then speak. Well, who's the Holy Spirit listening to? The Father. You have this confidence every time you hear the Holy Spirit speak. That's what God wants me to do. So, the Holy Spirit speaks. And subconsciously, we ask ourselves the question, you guys might want to start getting into the practice of just asking the questions out loud. The Holy Spirit speaks. Who's speaking? And do you have the authority to speak to me? Go ahead and just start getting in the habit. The Holy Spirit brings up who's speaking. Identify, recognize, get familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then ask the question, and the answer is always the same. Do you have the authority to speak to me? And he does every time, which means we do. Because there's consequences to not doing what authority tells you to do. Son, take out the trash. Who's speaking? Dad. Does he have the authority to speak to me? Yes, he does. All right, taking out the trash. It's that simple. It's that simple. Go pray for that lady down that aisle. Who's speaking? Holy Spirit. Does he have the authority to speak to me? Yes. All right, I'm going to pray for her. I don't know what I'm praying about. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know how I'm introducing myself. But he revealed a thing to come. Go pray for him. That simple. That simple. Don't invest your money there. Who's speaking? The Holy Spirit. Does he have the authority to speak? Yes. All right, I'm not going to invest my money there. Are you crazy? We're, everybody's investing in this thing. This is what you want to do. You want to invest right now. Who's speaking? My friend Bob. Does he have the authority to speak to me? No. I don't do what he says. You're a complete idiot. Who's speaking? Does he have the Seriously, it's that simple. Obey the one who has the authority to direct you and lead you and guide you into all truth. And shut out the voices. Shut out the voices. Point to people and say, get thee behind me, Satan. And if you have to do that literally, I ain't stopping you. Jesus did it to his best friend. You might have to go back. Look, I'm not really calling you Satan. Just look, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do this, and this is what I got to do. Sorry. But you're a stumbling block to me. You're an offense to me. You're keeping me from fulfilling. You're keeping me off the path of truth. Because I have the greater one inside of me. And he's telling me to do something. And I have to obey him. Because the voice of the spirit, the voice of the shepherd, I'm going to follow his voice. And the voice of a stranger I don't recognize that voice. I don't know it. So I don't do what it tells me to do. I don't go where it tells me to go. But when God speaks, that I do. That I say. That's where I go. Because I'm trained to hear, become familiar 
recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey quickly when he tells me to move. This is how we live the kingdom life. This is how we live the kingdom life. Any other life is subpar, substandard, and not good enough for you. You may have been accepting subpar, but you won't anymore. You may have been accepting other voices. You may have been wandering around unconsciously, subconsciously, following other voices. But they're leading you in dead ends and traps and ditches. And they're leading you to places of nowhere, lies that's fake. You brought me all the way out here for nothing. That's over. Because the Holy Spirit has a voice. Get familiar with that voice. Recognize that voice. Know when he's speaking. Get in the word and find out, is that truth? Is that where God's guiding you? And do that thing. Quit listening to other voices. Shut them down. Get rid of them. And learn to hear his voice. The only one that's going to take you to places of hope, places of joy, places of peace, places of restoration, following and walking after the flesh is death, but following after the spirit is life and peace. Father, we thank you tonight for life and peace. You have a voice that guides us into life and peace. You have a voice that's leading us, directing us. Father, forgive us tonight for giving more attention to other voices than to your voice. Forgive us tonight. We repent right now for giving access into our soul, access into our spirit to other voices. We commit tonight to flush them out, shut them down, However hard it may be, however hard the confrontation may be with a physical, natural person to say, you know what? I can't have conversation with you anymore because you're leading me to lies. You're leading me to emptiness. You're leading me to death. I've got to get with the one that's going to bring me life and peace. Father, we commit tonight. We dedicate ourselves to recognize, become familiar, and know the voice of your spirit to obey quickly when he prompts. I thank you that life, peace, restoration, refreshing, joy. I call joy back into lives tonight that are sitting in these seats. You haven't known joy in over a year. 2013 was not a joyful year. But tonight you will know joy. Because you're going to recognize the one that has fruit called joy. The fruit of the Spirit are love. You haven't known love because you've been listening to other voices. You haven't known joy and peace and patience. You haven't known long-suffering and goodness and faithfulness. You haven't known self-control because you haven't been listening to the one that bears fruit of self-control. You've been listening to the ones that say, do what you want. Do what feels right. 
It's okay. Do it now. You don't have to wait. And their fruit is death. And tonight, Holy Spirit, we learn, we train, and we commit ourselves. Dedication. Training takes discipline. Training takes dedication. Training takes commitment. Training isn't one day and I'm ready. Training is day after day after month after month after year after year of preparation to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. So love will come out. Joy will come out. Peace will come out. Patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. We haven't been faithful in a long time, but we're going to be faithful this year. Self-control. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're working in our lives, and we allow you to work in our lives. We don't push it away. We allow it to move. Tweak, change, remove, cut off anything that hinders, anything that's a stumbling block, anything that is keeping us from achieving and fulfilling the will of God in our lives. We will not accept subpar. We will not accept substandard. We reach for more. We thank you for this tonight, Father. We thank you that this word is sown deep into good ground. We meditate on it. We'll apply it to our lives and see the fruit of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.